3: I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be with my make friends just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you, so call me at 1-800-743-CNBC, or of course tweet me at Jim Kramer. Welcome to The Gauntlet. After a sedate day, Dow backslid 28 points as it'd be advanced 0.34%, NASDAQ gained 0.37%. Oh, boy, you need to strap yourself to the mast and prepare yourself for some intensity. Next week, we get earnings from really all of the most important companies in this entire market. I do not have enough time to cover each one of these in the game plan. I know some of you will be mad at me that I leave some of your favorites out. But let me tell you what to look for from the biggest names. Now, a lot of people are worried about next week because there's so much tech and they think tech is done, particularly the big dogs like Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, much of the intraday sogginess we saw this last week was driven by a belief that the economy is about to get stronger because of a stimulus bill. And it, the only way you should play it is to sell tech and buy the industrials because you don't need slow and steady that wins the race. You need, well, I've, look, we're going to get some stimulus, but it, probably not before the election. So you have to be ready to use any Washington-related disappointment to do some buying in the stocks that we like. You know just which ones. Tech. Tech Monday. Well, we hear from Otis Worldwide. That's the dominant maker and servicer of elevators. It's the old spin-off from United Technologies. Some people see this as a stimulus play, but that's wrong. Otis is levered more to Chinese elevator maintenance than American elevator construction. Uh, that makes it a terrific Biden stock, because people now perceive Biden as being soft on China, which means the Communist Party will be much less likely to mess with Otis's sales than if Trump wins again. Monday night. We get two major tells. I keep telling you about the bull market autos, right? Now that COVID has made us fear mass transit, so I'll be listening to NXP Semi, one of the most auto-intensive semiconductor companies there is, reports after for close. If the stock reacts well, you can back on a lot more upside for both the chip makers and the automakers. Well, that's important because... Ford reports Wednesday. More on that in a moment. The other tell is a company called Twilio. We keep hearing about how high-flying tech stocks have gone out of style on Wall Street Fashion Show. While there are periods where that happens, I can tell you they don't last that long. Twilio will help us determine if these high-flyers are ready to rebound because few companies are more richly valued than the software company that helps app developers connect with their customers. Tuesday morning, we get results from some big drug companies, Pfizer, Merck, and Eli Lilly. Perhaps more important, we'll learn how Pfizer's vaccine is coming. I think that's coming in pretty quickly after Moderna. Now, we've heard the president say it was around the corner in last night's debate. Around the corner, I don't know what that really means, but that means, I guess, close. In many ways, I care more about the COVID therapeutics, though. And that's what Merck and Lilly are working on. If we can get you in and out of the hospital fast with this horrible disease while preventing long-term organ damage, which is the real thing that that everyone's so worried about, well, that would be a game changer. Caterpillar also reports on Tuesday morning, and many feel this stock has run too much. I got to tell you, CAT's become a little bit like the Teflon stock uh, ever since it decided to allocate, or let's call it reallocate its cash, to buying back a ton of stock, which they've done. If you think the polls are right about a Biden victory, you might want to buy some CAT before the quarter and then some after, because the company would benefit from better relations with China. That's what we focus on, not just the highway building I keep hearing about. Okay, then there's Stanley Black & Decker, which is right in the sweet spot of the do-it-yourself remodeling bull market I talked about earlier this week. Now, judging by the fantastic pictures of the work around the house that many of you showed me on Twitter this week, this company's integral to your construction projects. I am confident that they will deliver good numbers. Tuesday night, we hear from a pair of the most important companies in the market. Microsoft and AMD. Now I bet they both report excellent results. The CEO of Microsoft Satya Nadella, he's a wizard. His only problem is the company is that the company really has more business than it can handle high quality. How about AMD? Today, their chief competitor, Intel, reported some merely okay results when we were expecting something spectacular. I don't know why I wasn't. But when AMD reports, I bet you'll actually get something terrific. Now, lots of speculators also seem to think that CEO Lisa Su will announce the acquisition of Xilinx. I suspect AMD's balky at the price tag, though, as Xilinx wants them to pay a big premium. And I doubt that Lisa Su, a hero of ours, would dilute her stock like that. Wednesday morning, United Parcel. Yes, and we already know that e-commerce is on fire. I expect great things from the new CEO, Carol Tomei, formerly the CFO of Home Depot. She's a no-nonsense leader. I think she'll give you a rigorous, positive look at the holiday season. I don't think they're going to miss numbers like they used to. Quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter. I've been telling members of the Plus.com club that this is the quarter before the 12th quarter for the bedraggled Boeing, which means it's time to buy. Well, why not wait until you're at the 12th quarter, you might ask, plaintively, because... That's what everyone else wants to do. You have to get in ahead of everyone else. You don't buy a turnaround story at dawn. You buy it when it's darkest before the dawn, like in the fourth quarter of the Eagles game last night. I wish I could say the same about General Electric also on Wednesday, but Boeing suppliers will be two quarters away from the trough, and that's a quarter too far for me. GE has a wind business doing real well, by the way. Solid health care business, not enough to intrigue yet. Could you please give GE three more months? Thank you. Ford reports they have to close, and I'm a big believer that they're pulling out of a multi-year tailspin, and they're doing it under the steady hand of CEO Jim Farley. Get this, Ford has a guy, I know, (laughs) I'm not joking around. They have a guy as a CEO who actually likes cars. I'm not kidding. He likes fast cars. He likes to drive. New. I blessed buying Ford both before and after the quarter. We got a raging bull market in autos, and that includes the lucrative F-150. Don't even look at the used prices. I tried to get a used price used F-150 for my wife's birthday next week. They're like, I mean, no, she's not getting one. Okay, she doesn't watch the show. She doesn't know I have a show. Remember when I told? No, she's trying to buy a Hummer. Can you believe, it? you believe it? There's no Hummers. It's already sold out. She kept trying to hit the button. I well, Look at the game. Look at the, look at the game. I'm saying, watch the game. Watch the debate. Watch the game. She clicking, and clicking, and clicking. I said, it's not going to come. They, they're not giving you any hummers. They're done. Anyway, I told you to watch Twilio on Monday night. If it rallies after the quarter, you might want to buy ServiceNow. That's the fantastic cloud play run by Bill McDermott, formerly of SAP. I expect a blowout quarter for ServiceNow. Blowout. This is it. Guys, right now, I'm telling you, blowout. All right? Not a blowout like a blowout like a tire blowout, all right? Now, we're also hearing from Etsy and Pinterest. Pinterest is still going up in after hours. These are beloved companies to cater to people who love making stuff. I like Etsy's red-hot mask business. We have people on our staff who do nothing but watch, do color-coded Etsy masks with what they're wearing. Pinterest is going up along with Snap because their ads work. These stocks aren't quitting, not in this tape. Now, Thursday's got earnings galore in the morning, but the big action is going to be after the close. Amazon, Apple, Alvin. Facebook, Starbucks, all report at the same time. Boys, that's stupid. They should spread that out. It's insane. But not as insane as my prediction. Four out of five, four out of five will deliver good numbers. After the pandemic hit, Amazon, t- Amazon took over the world. Apple's got their new 5G phone to crawl about. Alphabet will miss because it always misses. At this point, I blame Wall Street for getting the estimates wrong. Just lower your estimates right now so they won't miss. I would just take them down. Now you can put an end to this charade. I expect huge numbers from Facebook. I mean, this stock is going up like six today. And you know that. Now, it's being led by a thing called Instagram Shops. They came up with this brilliant idea. I don't know where they got it. To help small businesses operate online. And it's working. It could be a $50 billion business. It was a great idea. Congress hated them. The Democrats were Republicans. But small business loves them. They're their ambassadors. As for Starbucks, it's a work in progress. Probably gets hit. I say be patient. It will snap right back if Biden wins the election because the future of Starbucks is in China and it'll be easier for them to expand in there if Beijing has a less antagonistic relationship with, with, with the White House. They got a lot of cities there that like, have like seven million people nobody's ever heard of. And they need a couple of Starbucks. I had a triple venti cappuccino with skin wet right before I came out here, but it hasn't even got kicked in yet. Finally, on Friday, we have a tale of two oils, Chevron and ExxonMobil. Now I gotta tell you, Exxon better have something up its sleeve that lets them protect the dividend, which currently gives you a 10% yield. We'll see. Chevron, on the other hand, is sitting in pretty pretty. CEO Mike Worth is so confident about this situation that I bet he talks about helping the environment. I'm not even joking. I'm dead serious. Bottom line, it's a tough week, a prelude to Election Day. Confusion lies ahead. I say proceed with caution, but if you like something, then do a little homework, then wait for the will swoon. And buy it into week. And except for service now, I think it's going to be better. That's the blowout. That's my blowout prediction, okay, for, uh, for the week. Uh, Ford, before and after. Remember, it's run by a guy who likes cars. who to thunk it? Ashwin in California. Ashwin. Hey there, Jim. Hello from sunny Orange County, California. I have been listening to your show for a long time. In fact, I see it religiously every single night on my DVR. Wow. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's a lot more than my wife watches it. Well, if she knew I had a show, she'd watch it. Believe me. She says, "Why do you work so late?" I said, "I have a show. You have a show. It ends at ten. That's the other show." Okay. <laughs> I I know. I you know. Uh, let me just let me just tell you. A lot of the stock tips you've given over the years, I have definitely benefited from. So I want to ask you another one. This okay. Stock called Upwork. Uh, ticker symbol is oh, Upwork. No, I like Upwork, and they know I like Upwork. Uh, I think Upwork is a terrific situation, and uh, actually one of my staff members there just said, Jim, you like Upwork, don't you? I said, yeah, I like Upwork. Online recruiting in a business where you can't find work, get workers, it's good. I like it. Hey, you know what? Let's go. Why don't we go to my home state in New Jersey? Let's go to Craig in New Jersey. Craig.
1: Hey, Jimmy chill. It's Craig from Booyah. Hope, New Jersey. Oh, I, uh, I know it well.
3: I know it well. <laughs> I, a while back, you had the two CEOs from Collier Creek Holdings and UTC, uh, UTC on your show about their merger. And I purchased CCH at about $14 a share. Okay. Then on September 1st, I received a tender offer for $10.50. I got uh, nervous and sold it for seventeen fifty. dollars Oh, I share. wish you hadn't sold it. Craig, Utz is good, man. They're going to blow that thing out over the next couple of years. They're going to do some, they're going to do some acquisitions. They're going to go national. The Utz brand is a terrific brand. Uh, even, even on, um, I'll tell you, even, even in the 50s, remember that? It was in the 60s uh, that uh, they had it. They were going to come in, in uh, on Mad Men. They were going to come pop. Remember Mad Men? They did the ad for Utz. That's how good that brand is. All right, now, guys, look, get ready for some... This is serious, right? This is our World Series. This is our playoffs, the playoffs! All right, next week's going to be a tough one. Proceed with a little caution, but remember, it's big time. Oh, man, a tonight, is Barbie one of the pandemic's biggest winners? I'm sitting down with the CEO of Mattel after today's 10% move higher, find out more about the toy story. Then, it's the 6 month anniversary of my COVID-19 index. So, why not circle back to the names, and I'm going to tell you what's still working. And it's more than just a bedtime story. Mattress sales are soaring and sheets. Sheets that you can't live without. I'm talking about a private company hoping to stand out in the industry. Don't miss my sit-down with the top brass of Bowling Branch. So stay with Kramer.
4: Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets.
0: Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash mad money terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
3: look at the stock of mattel run the iconic toy maker think barbie hot wheels and games like uno reported last night the results were spectacular Mattel gave you a monster revenue beat with sales up 11%. On top of a monster earnings number, they made 95 cents. Wall Street was only looking for 39 cents. Yet, Mattel more than doubled the earnings expectations. Dolls are on fire as are action figures, building sets, especially games. Makes sense. Kids have nothing to do. You got to keep them entertained somehow. Mattel's stock had roared going into the quarter, and it folded another almost 10% today. Best of all, this move was gettable. We know because we've repeatedly spoken to the CEO, and he kept telling us the second half of the year would be very strong. So let's check back with Enon Kreis, the bankable chairman and CEO of Mattel, to get a better sense of the quarter and how his company's holding up until the holidays. Mr. Kreis, welcome back to Mad Money.
5: Hi, Jim. It's good to be here.
3: Okay, so I'm going to give you the floor here with this one quote that I love from the conference call. And as it happens, this was actually the highest quarterly growth for Mattel in the past 10 years of any quarter. Not the third quarter, of any quarter. I mean, that is amazing. It's not even the holiday quarter.
5: (laughs) That's right. The third quarter was a very strong one for Mattel we saw a major ups- upswing in revenues and a significant increase in profitability. We are very encouraged by the quality of the results in that we grew in every region in constant currency and broadly across the portfolio. Our brands and product offerings resonate and they resonate with consumers as well as our par- together with our partnership, we're able to drive demand. This is working very well. Our strategy is clearly working and we're very excited by consumer demand and continuing momentum heading into the fourth quarter.
3: All right. But how much of your demand is uh, because of parents tired of their kids looking at a screen?
5: Well, the toy industry as a whole grew and continues to perform well and showing resilience in, even in challenging economic times. The industry is proving to be a strategic category for retailers as parents continue to prioritize spend on their children and look for high-quality products and trusted brands at affordable price points.
3: Now, you, when I first met you, you told me you were going to be asset light, box checked. You told me you were going to start fixing the balance sheet, box checked. You told me that you could resurrect even American Girl, down to double-digit to almost, almost up. But you also told me you could use the intellectual property, see movies and things like that. Well, COVID has knocked that one from a loop for a loop.
5: How do you get that on track? Because you have a great movie background. Well, our movies, our movie project and development are progressing well. We were not impacted directly from the delay driven by COVID. We have actually just recently announced our 10th movie project in partnership with Mark Forster, the former director of James Bond, Quantum of Solace. We have uh, many production on for television in progress. And overall, our strategy to commercialize and drive our IP forward is working very well. So we are not directly impacted by COVID. Quite the opposite, we made a lot of progress on our strategy.
3: Okay, so I I put up on Twitter that uh, that I that you were on, and I asked for questions, and I got an interesting one. Said, "How many Barbies does our nation need?"
5: (laughs) Barbie is just doing an amazing, you know, it's amazing, amazingly well. It's it's up thirty percent, almost in every segment. Demand (laughs) for Barbie grew by fifty percent. It really speaks to the strength and ongoing momentum of the brand. This is all driven by great product, design-led innovation, active demand creation, and cultural relevance. According to NPD, Barbie was the number one toy property in 12 out of 13 weeks in the US, and was the number one toy property overall globally. In the third quarter, not just dolls, but overall in the entire industry. So we couldn't be more excited about Barbie.
3: Now, one of the things that you did say at one point in in the conference call uh, is that you actually literally are uh, supply constrained. Is that something that you can fix in time for the holiday season?
5: Well, we're seeing tremendous demand for our product, more than we expected. With such surge in demand, we're now working hard to be able to fulfill it. It's uh, just extraordinary, the growth in demand coming from a decline in the first half into such growth in the uh, third quarter heading into the holiday season. We're working very hard to be able to, um, uh, to try and fulfill it. Now,
3: I, I was talking with uh, Becky Quick this morning. We were doing our crosstalk, and she, her family plays Uno. And I said, well, I, I thought Uno went away. I mean, yeah, we played Uno uh, 55 years ago. How come it didn't
5: go away? <laughs> Uno is just another great brand that we own. UNO continued to perform exceptionally well. It actually was the number one item in the entire games and puzzles category in the U.S. year to date and in the third quarter, according to NPD. The brand resonates across many levels. And we expect to, to see that continue to grow and, and have additional momentum heading into the holiday season.
3: All right. So does Enon cries leave here and then go and say to, this, to his team, I've had it. We're fixing Fisher Price. This, these numbers are ridiculous
5: because I think you're a pretty hard charging guy. Well, Fisher Price is doing much better than it did. It's actually down just barely one percent Fisher Price score, barely right. down one right, yeah, percent. That's not to acceptable to you. I know you. That's not acceptable to you. That's right. We're on our way. You saw PS growth, demand growing for the entire category for two consecutive quarters in a row. Fisher Price remains the number one infant toddler preschool brand in the U.S., according to NPD. And we're working hard in turning that around. And you you will see growth in Fisher Price as well.
3: Uh, there are people who always speculate that Mattel is for sale, uh, that it could be bought. Hasbro reports next week. I don't hear someone who says it's time to flip it.
5: Now Mattel is on a great momentum. We are consistently showing progress in our strategy. We had nine consecutive quarters of growth of increasing our gross margin. Our EBITDA, our profitability, went from $126 million in 2017 to $200 in 2018, $453 million in 2019, and we just guided to $625 to $650 million EBITDA in 2020, which is $50 million more than we guided for before the pandemic. So you can see the trajectory. We have a lot of confidence in our strategy and are showing consistent methodical delivery quarter after quarter after quarter. Gross margin margin is already at 51%. And with the additional momentum we have with our brands resonating well, our opportunity to commercialize and capture the full value of our IP, we couldn't be more confident about our future and, and the path forward. Well, look,
3: I, I want to thank you so much for coming on. You're a man of your word. You delivered everything you've ever said on oh, Mab Money. Enon Price, chairman and CEO of Mattel. Good to see you, sir. Thank you so much. Mab Money's back after the break.
2: The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
0: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash card. So let's
3: take a closer look at the top 10. The 10th best performer, and I know you love these stocks, and we're going to keep hitting them. The 10th best is Cloudflare. It's up almost 140%. This is a content delivery network with a cybersecurity kicker. They make sure all the digital stuff companies are doing actually runs smoothly. While the stock's pulled back a bit from its recent highs, Cloudflare still trades at more than 30 times sales, making it very pricey. I mean, Tesla's 12 times sales. I I, I wouldn't buy more at these levels, but if the things pulled back, uh, maybe going to the earnings report in two weeks, maybe then you can pounce. Not right here, okay? Not right here. Number nine is the Trade Desk. We've had all these companies on. It's up 141% in the last six months. It's more than double since Memorial Day weekend. These guys help other businesses manage data-driven digital advertising campaigns, especially for streaming content. In other words, the Trade Desk is a cord-cutting play. It's on fire for the same reason as Roku. Plus, unlike some of the cloud stocks that we're going to go into in a minute, the Trade Desk has actual earnings, which might make it uh, more resilient the next time the high flyers get hit with a sell-off. Number eight, silly name, good company, Datadog, a purveyor of software for application performance monitoring. They make sure all this cloud stuff uh, actually works. Earlier this week, I pointed out that Datadog is the third most expensive stock on our screens of modern day Red Hots. At the time, it was trading at 44 times extra sales. Since then, it's pulled back uh, nearly 10 bucks, although it's still up 140 percent since we created the COVID index. Datadog reports in a little less than two. Uh, actually, it's a little over two weeks. Uh, they benefit enormously from the age of remote work. No kidding. But let's wait and see what they have to say. Again, not yet. Seventh best performer. Oh boy, was this one we nailed. Boston Beer. You might have seen them on earlier this afternoon. Even with the most bars shut down, the parent company of Sam Adams and Truly, yeah, Truly Hard Seltzer has been cleaned up. Well, there's so many other Hard Seltzer companies. Topo Chico's in there now. The uh, Corona's in there, but Boston Beer. Didn't stop them. They reported yet another magnificent quarter. And a lot of people short this one because they keep thinking that the area is getting crowded. I don't know. We're talking about an absolute stunner. They earned $6.51 per share. Analysts were only expecting $4.50. They wanted the stock pulled over at 19%, breaking out above the $1,000 we've got to do a $1,000 club piece for the first time ever. If you've got a huge gain here, you know what? I mean, let's not be too greedy, okay? Maybe a little register ring. Uh, I do think it's got more room to run, but you're going to read increasingly about the competition. Uh, six is, oh, old friend Twilio, the cloud-based communications play that helps your favorite app developers stay in touch with you. Whenever Lyft or Airbnb sends you a text message, they're using Twilio's software. This one's voted 178% in the last six months. It's the best performer among the cloud kings since we crowned it back in May of last year. Uh, last week, by the way, we learned Toyo's acquiring Segment. That's a customer data platform for $3.2 billion in stock. I think it's a smart move. Well, none of the names are cheap, this one's pulled back from $3.30 to 306 dollars since Monday. I think it's getting intriguing to report next week. Number five, well, everybody's favorite, Square. Yes, the digital point of sale. Whoever thought the point of sale would be sexy? Point of sale system you can plug into your phone with a small business lending kicker and an underappreciated peer-to-peer payments app that competes with PayPal's Venmo. Some argue it's better. This thing's rallied at 185% since we created the index. It's very expensive here. But Square reports in less than two weeks. And if the stock pulls back into the earnings, uh, I would buy some. Fourth is Zoom Video. Aren't you a little surprised that it didn't make the top three? Since April 24th, Zoom's stock has surged more than 220%. These guys have redefined the entire economy with their video collaboration platform I am still a believer, even up here. However, Zoom has come down hard this week, punching from 568 on Monday to 511 today. They had a hugely positive analyst day last week, which sent the stock surging. But now all those gains have been rolled back, and people are talking about it's the end of Zoom. Oh, please. Soon it'll be a buying opportunity. Hey, listen, when it was down 100 before, I said it was a buying opportunity, and people said, oh, God, all Kramer does is like Zoom. Yes, I have, since 70. Okay, take that. It's my fantasy player, okay? Everybody else everybody else's fantasy players on the bench. Or like, Al, you know, with a little O next to it. That one's mine, and it's in the lineup, okay? Number three, Fastly, not my lineup. The formerly loved, now hated content delivery network like Cloudflare, that's up more than 230% in the last six months. Two weeks ago, it was up more than 400%. Then Fastly pre-announced some revenue weakness because their biggest customer TikTok spent a quarter in the crosshairs of the White House. Fastest plummeted from 123 to 76. That's what happens to Red Hots when they stumble. Initially, I thought this was a one-off problem, but we now learn that TikTok's developing their own internal content delivery network. That's, remember when Netflix was a problem for when there was... This whole group was under pressure today. Uh, Limelight. I don't know. Uh, Fastest lost more than a third of its value, even though TikTok only makes up about 12% of its business. But we got to learn more later. Number two... Oh, I, I think we discovered this company even before it was a company, Livongo Health. It's up 239%. You know I've loved Livongo. Why? Because it's a digital health coach for people with chronic conditions like diabetes or hypertension, both serious risk factors for COVID. But we have to remove Livongo from the index, not because it's doing badly, because it's merging with another Kramer fave, Teladoc, which is already part of the Kramer COVID-19 index. I'd stick with this, Doc, though, because the combined company will be a digital health juggernaut there. People on Twitter, I don't give you that. I told you to watch the show. This is good. Finally, number one, Peloton. At a time when it simply isn't safe to go to the gym, Peloton's connected fitness machines have become the best way to exercise. This stock is up a phenomenal 280% since we created the index, even as it pulled back substantially over the past week after Goldman Sachs downgraded it. They argued that the upside's baked in, and there could be problems this holiday season because of the congestion at the Port of Los Angeles. My view, look, if you've owned Peloton since before July, oh, come on, you're a little greedy. Ring the register. But I would keep a little something on, because you know what? The thesis is still alive. One last point. We got a slot to fill in the index, and I want to fill it with each one. Kind of interesting name. Sempra Energy. this a utility with a cheap stock and a 3% yield. I know the value stocks have been dead money compared to the high-flying tech plays, but going forward, I like Sempra's risk-reward. The bottom line, since we created the Kramer COVID-19 Index six months ago, the stay-at-home, work-at-home stocks just have not been able to quit. But the traditional recession stocks? Left in the dust. I say we go to Lester in Illinois. Lester. From a long-time fan, first-time caller, a big Chicago booyah to ya, Jimmy Chill. Long time, first time. I like the way your club's playing. What's happening? Hey, so I love Marcus Lemonis. Been range trading camping world. CWH, Hopefully hoping a recently acquired position just north of thirty. It set the report early November. Bottom dropped out on Wednesday after Winnebago. A good call albeit possible supply chain constraints, and those shares drop. My wife Nancy thinks I need to invest in my favorite bottle of scotch and kill. I think a winning combo might be to buy one of that. Look At $28, I think this stock makes a ton of sense. It is pulled back big. It is a really well-run company, and I think you bet with Marcus Lemonis right here, and you buy more if it goes even lower. Larry in South Carolina. Larry! How are you, Jim? I am good, Larry. How about you? I'm pretty fired up actually. My fantasy team's doing really well. I've been following you for about twenty years. No, come on. A, oh, yeah, I have I'm, one of you both I'm too. only twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been following you a long time. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Got a question about Snitchfix. Yes. Is it? Is that a hold or is that a sell? Okay, I am a huge Katrina backer. Our team has been in this year. It was an okay quarter, but something's going on. This stock's up 38%. I don't know what's going on with Stitch Fix, but I'm sorry, Katrina. Profits on half because we liked it at 16, and it is now at 35. All right, it's been six weeks, six months since we created this incredible index. Will you look at this? Look at this. Look at the performance here. The stay-at-home stocks have racked up monster gains. The recession stocks, left in the dust. Bucks more may have money ahead, including the business of bedsheets. I'll find out how a private industry company is disrupting the sleepy industry, and believe me, one day you might be able to buy stock in it. Then Wall Street has already made up its mind. Another stimulus package is coming. So which stocks should you be considering? I'm going to give you my take. And all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. We've told you about the stampeding bull market in home goods. Pretty much anything you can find at Bed Bath & Beyond or Williams-Sonoma, it's flying off the shelves. Tonight, though, we want to focus on a particular company, linens. This category is one of the hottest. I think sheets, bedding, towels are where you want to be. Turns out the textile business is on fire, and that's why we're going off the tape, meaning it's not a public company with one of the leading players in the textile industry, the privately held Bowling Branch. And boy, do I wish this were public. This isn't just any private company. Bowling Branch makes high-end fair trade sheets that have been used by three of the last five U.S. presidents. Their brand is literally presidential. And man, business is booming. It's up 70% in October alone. But do not take it from me. Let's dig deeper with Scott Tannen. He's the co-founder, along with his wife and CEO of Bowling Branch, to get a better read on the industry. Mr. Tannen, welcome to Mad Money. How are
1: you? Good to be here.
3: All right. So, Scott, how is it possible that uh, three out of the last five presidents, uh, as well as anyone who ever listened to Sirius, anyone who ever listened to Howard or anyone who listens to podcasts knows your company?
1: I, I mean, you know, it, it all started with Howard, but uh, I bought so much stuff off that show that I was like, he's got to be able to sell sheets, too. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been an incredible ride right here in, in, in your hometown of Summit, New Jersey.
3: Indeed. Well, uh, my uh, my best friends, uh, Ellen Haley, uh, the wife of uh, Buckley, told me about I'm sure you know her because she's at the Short Hills Mall store. That's she right. She gave me the speech when I first heard it. And I didn't believe that it could ever amount to anything. I'll tell you why. Because she talked about treating people you, uh, humanely. She talked about how workers do well. And then I said, well, this this can't be something in America that works. But it does. I mean, imagine
1: a direct-to-consumer business in the uh, betting and home category that's been profitable for four straight years and uh, actually keeps people above the poverty line as, rather than pushing them down. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been incredible.
3: Now, your industry is un- unfortunately notorious for treating people poorly. How did you decide that you could make a lot of money treating people well?
1: You know, I didn't decide that I could make a lot of money treating well. I, I just got wrapped up in, and Missy and I did, in this idea of, making it a little bit easier to buy really great sheets. And and it wasn't until we started learning about the betting category that we realized, you know what, there's a lot of problems here. And if we're going to tell our kids about this, we're going to tell our, our neighbors and our family and friends, you know, and put our names on this, we're going to see if we can do it right from the ground up. And and what started as more of an experiment. Suddenly, you know, we realized that, wow, if we do it all ourselves and do it the right way, we actually can have a unit economics advantage on the category, which is, is why we've been able to be, you know, Grow really, really quickly, but but do it symmetrically where we're adding to the bottom line and not living off VC.
3: Now, we uh, use your sheets everywhere, and I have to tell you, they are of a different quality. And I'm trying to figure out uh, what makes it so that they feel different from other sheets.
1: Well, I think it's it's you know, most people have never tried organic cotton, right? We hear about all this made up stuff in the market, Egyptian cotton and thread count. And the truth is, the better the cotton, the better the product. And and what's happened is, you know, 40, 50 years ago, organic cotton was just cotton. That's how all the cotton was. And Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until, you know, corporate America figured out how do I drive more cost out of the product to, to feed my you know business models that frankly are archaic and don't work anymore, they end up with really terrible products at all price points. So suddenly you bring back the best quality cotton and you pair it with with heritage craftsmanship where we're working with family-owned factories that have been struggling. And finally we're able to come in and say, look, we've got a different business model and, and we think we can help you change your fortunes and, and actually help the people that work with you live properly, live correctly, be able to afford education, health and things like that for their kids. And so... Um, you know, they feel better because mm-hmm. they're organic cotton. And anybody that hasn't tried organic cotton, they they spend one night in it. It's 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 life changing.
3: Well, Scott, but one of the things that confused me is uh, my wife was buying the stuff online, even as my friend was in a brick and mortar store. And you've opened a couple of other brick and mortar stores. I thought brick and mortar was no longer the way to go, but you seem to like uh, a kind of a combination.
1: It's amazing what happens when you sign some leases right before COVID. Um, but but the, tr- <laughs> <laughs> the truth of the matter is, you know, we've been unbelievably successful in, in Short Hills. And I think what we found is a lot of people that don't know our brand, right, walk through the mall and, and they're heading to the department stores um, that they've gone to forever because this category is still 92, 93% pre-COVID offline. Um, and they're walking in, touching and feeling our product and they they, they feel the difference. So we find that. Our stores offer us an opportunity to create what's really a three-dimensional billboard and a true brand-building experience for our customers to touch and feel the product. Oftentimes, they make their second, third purchase online, but the showroom model, uh, we think, is still alive and well. Again, but but you know, poor unit economics, as you well know, um, a poor retail model on top of poor unit economics makes a really bad story.
3: Well, it is tough to sell in brick and mortar in COVID, isn't it? It, you know it has been, but
1: but one of the things that we 've done and and as you know, we just opened uh, a store in Boca Raton right. uh, as well as Greenwich over the last two weeks. Um, the key is making not just your, your employees feel safe, but also the customers and trying to do some different things. And that's how we teamed up with healthy, uh, to bring their UVC lighting technology in and, and be able to create a cleaner environment. So someone can lay down on a mattress and try the sheets and touch and feel them and not, not have to worry that it's simply someone with a spray bottle, which is still important. Um, you know, keeping them clean and keeping them safe. And, And as you know, with Ellen, when your employees feel safe, the customers feel safe too.
3: No, very true. One last question. Catterton, I know you're a uh, pre-E. Uh, they did RH. RH has been one of the best names we've ever recommended on the show. Any chance that one day we might be able to own shares in, in uh, Bolton Branch? I,
1: I certainly hope so. Um, you know, the, the team at Catterton has been amazing. We've been with them for a year now. And um, I, I think our differentiated model has, has surprised them and they're able to apply a lot of the things that they learned with RH over the years um, and, and together you know, as you mentioned, and we're up 70% year over year in October. And yes, there's tailwinds in the market, but you still have to catch them. Um, so they've been an amazing partner. Well, it's thrilled. a
3: great category, but you're the leader in the category. I want to thank you so much for coming on Mad Money. Scott Tannen, CEO of Bowen Branch. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Wow. Mad Money's back after the break. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Skate, go. Time to the lightning round. is over. Thomas New Jersey. Thomas! Hey. Hey, Jim. How you doing? Love your show, man. Oh, thank you, buddy. You bet. Listen, I'm calling about Nautilus, NLS. I bought some shares in that early last month, and I'm showing a 70% profit. Now, with COVID numbers spiking... Um, fitness centers either closed or having lim- limited o- occupancy right. and apparently Peloton is dealing with some backwater issues. True. Uh, look, I think Donalus is good. I just don't want you to be greedy. I want you to take a quarter of it off on Monday and then we'll all feel better. I won't be walking around thinking, oh man Thomas from New Jersey just got hurt. That's what we have to do. Let's go to Gary in North Carolina. Gary! Jimmy Chill, how are you doing? Okay, Chief. How about you? I'm doing well. This is Gary G. Giving you a big Fayetteville, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Booyah! Booyah to you! Thank you for serving. What's going on, man? Fayetteville. I thought they called it Fayetteville. Jimmy, Jimmy, my wife and I love the show, love the education, love the entertainment. what wow. But mostly the education. Thank you. So tonight, we want to talk about cell tower companies. Okay. I'm ready for you. So Jimmy, okay. So Jimmy, tell me. Crown Castle... Okay, so Jay Brown put up a good quarter, but he did not give me the blowout expectation numbers that I wanted. And that's why the stock got hit yesterday. But you got a good dividend boost. I think you're fine. I know the bears are all over it. I want you to stay the course. Let's go to Danielle in Nevada. Danielle.
2: Hey, booyah. boo 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 Kramer. Well, I like that. That's a, a lot of
3: enthusiasm. What's going
2: on? I appreciate all your advice and wisdom. I was calling to
3: see what your thoughts on if I should buy the A.C.I. Albertsons. You know, I I am exhausted by Albertsons. I, I thought they reported an absolutely terrific quarter, and then I interviewed them on Squawk on the Street. I like what I heard, and it still won't go up. So what does that tell you? That actually tells you that the supermarket business is not as good a business as we thought. So I don't mind holding it, but I'm not going to say buy more until it goes even lower. Unfortunately. Do we have time for one more? Do we have time? We have one more. So we're going to Doug in New York. Doug! Jim, this is Mad Doug for Mad Money. All right, Doug. What's going on? uh, Mad Doug was um, from New York, the home of the the disgrace of a football team that I saw last night that skip-wrapped their victory for your team. Mm. Look, there's Mm. something (laughs) about that 20-yard line that makes you fall down. I get that. Yeah. All right. Uh, make making some money for me in a better, uh, better mood. Uh, Stone Company A Brazilian cloud company with Brazil that is on fire even for Whirlpool. I like that stock. I like it very much and I'm sorry about the Giants not really. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the conclusion of the Lightning Round! The Lightning Round
2: is sponsored by TD Ameritrade
3: To stimulate or not to stimulate? That actually is not the question. When I look at the market's newfound love for some of the left-behind cyclicals, I hate like talking Caterpillar or so Rand, or even U.S. Concrete. It tells me that Wall Street's already made up its mind. Another stimulus package is coming. It's not a matter of if, only a matter of when. Of course, there's a big difference between the stimulus package before the election when it will come in time to help people who lose their jobs, now that COVID cases are spiking again, and a stimulus package in January when the new Congress is sworn in. For the last couple of months, I've warned you not to expect another bailout before the election. Politics is too fraught. The Republicans who control the Senate, they generally don't love spending tons of money, and the economy's doing well enough that they see no reason to compromise. President Trump's willing to make a deal that's worth close to $2 trillion, but the Democrats in the House of Representatives are playing hardball because they figure they've got Trump on the ropes. Now You'll hear that the big disagreement is over how much money to give cash-strapped state governments. Call me skeptical. Maybe I'm being too cynical here, but there's an election in a week and a half. It would be political malpractice for Speaker Pelosi to hand the president a big victory right now, even if maybe that's the right thing to do for the country. For now, we have a situation where both parties can deflect blame while they do nothing. But in the end, investors are betting that the current negotiations don't really matter anymore. They see a democratic wave coming, and once that wave happens, what will we'll be a wash in stimulus money, and that's how Caterpillar can keep roaring into the quarter that is reported next Tuesday. Now, I don't mind people trying to game the election by betting on the infrastructure stocks. I've seen it a million times, but I am begging you to learn from history because history says this is a just a trade, not an investment. Infrastructure projects take forever to get rolling. I keep thinking of all the money that's been lost betting on U.S. concrete, and I'd sell that thing right into the election. I don't mind owning Caterpillar or English Sol or even Cummins because, you know what? They're China place. They can thrive if Biden wins because he might roll back the whole trade war, especially now that the Chinese economy is booming again. Remember, our government has forgotten how to build stuff. You want to own the infrastructure place for their China business, not their business with the U.S. government. But let me give you another way to play the inevitable stimulus, even if it takes a few months. I'm talking about a group that I have often held in disrepute. I'm talking about the banks. As these cyclical stocks uh, have rallied, bonds have been going down in value and up in yield, as investors bet that we'll have a lot more economic activity, a lot more government borrowing, which creates more demand for money. There are algorithms out there set to buy the bank stocks whenever they see rates ticking higher. In reality, I think this relationship is pretty tenuous. That doesn't change the fact that the machines will keep buying the bank stocks when they see it. Again, it's the journey that matters, not the destination. And the journey translates into possibly higher earnings and therefore instantly higher prices for the big financials. And here I'm thinking J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley. Now, the first two generally, they, they generally do benefit from higher rates. The second two, not so much, but it doesn't matter. They're all part of one big basket. Uh, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley are the investment banking businesses, so they don't really have as much. But by the way, Morgan Stanley's really doubled down on investment advisory, and that's a terrific business. So if you want to play the eventual stimulus, I should go with the bank stocks. They're cheap. And as interest rates keep moving higher, they'll take the banks up with them. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Kramer. I'll see you Monday. The news with Shepard Smith starts now.
2: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do.